It's like, no, I don't have to sacrifice my mental health for someone else. I, I don't need to make myself fit into somebody else's box. Hey, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea. And we're here to create a community of people to talk about life. And books. And business. And adventure. And so much more. Join Join us us for for Family family Breakfast. Well, welcome back to Family Breakfast. I'm here with Katie and a special guest. Guys, I told you all about this special guest, and I've been waiting one whole week. (laughs) She literally has been counting down on her calendar. Yep. It's my sister. Um, I'm so excited. <laughs> I think you should introduce yourself to our guests of international and local varieties. Okay. My name is Amanda. Lawn Bear. Also known as Lawn Bear. Yep. Also known as Amanda the Chart the Fart. We'll just <laughs> look away. Circa 1992. <laughs> that was before I was born. Yeah, nobody invited me. My God, are you kidding me? Yeah. Nope. She's a 94 baby. For 94. 94. Chelsea, I was eight. Was I eight? I was eight. Chelsea, I was eight. I wow. can't still. That's, wow. that's bad. Terrible. Yeah, she doesn't know like rocket power i do know rocket power uh like the real tgif that had you know all of the show line <gasps> what about snick do you remember snick that yeah, sounds like you? a knocked off version of nickelodeon <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a nickelodeon you get from aldi's <laughs> <laughs> anyways back to her introduction oh yeah back to you lon hit it what am i what am i I'm Kate's sister, her only yep. sister. Right. I'm the oldest of the family. Right. Um, yeah. And um, tell us about your personal life, your deepest, darkest secrets. How many children do you have? I have four heathens. Good old baby factory. They are the greatest thing I've ever done in my entire life. And also the reason that I have a lot of gray hair and binge eat. <laughs> until I feel sick and hate myself you know I think they're also the greatest thing I've ever done in my entire life <laughs> are they right. you should take credit you should 100% take credit for my son's 100% let's just yeah. get clear you're on the math test that was all me last year Christmas time Keek. yep two weeks of math facts yep. yep and I'm not teaching them that common core la- math to everybody who's listening no just regular old carry the one so when link my son lincoln had his tonsils out and he had to stay inside from recess because he wasn't allowed to you know exert himself and his teacher calls me and he's like mrs barrett i just i really want you to ask lincoln about number bonding when he gets home he's a number bonding wizard so i get off the phone and i'm all like oh my god my kid is a wizard in number bonding he gets home. I'm like, Lincoln, tell me what a number bond is. And he's like, oh, well, and he starts explaining it to me. And I'm like, motherfucker, you're adding. That's like, what are you? You're adding. Two plus two is four. To make a number bond, you have to take the four and make a circle and make a circle and make us figure out 
I'm like, no, dude, you're at, okay, cool. Lincoln, you're adding. Yay. Yay. Lincoln is a wizard. (laughs) He is. He is. Give him credit. He got a hundred on his test. Uh Uh-oh, what happened? I fidgeted. It's not that. We have a dog who's fluffing the bed. Oh. Okay. Hi, Belle-Belle. Ready? Yep. Okay. So, tell us what you do. Um, by day or by night? Both. Okay, by so by day. Keep it PG, though. Keep it PG? Right. We said by sh- night. Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, technically. By day, I am a stay-at-home mom. And I take care of my four children while my husband is at work because he works second shift. And then by night, I am an overnight nurse at a local nursing home. And where do you sleep in between all of that? Like, I didn't hear sleep. Sometimes I sneeze and close my eyes. (laughs) (laughs) I will occasionally abuse screen time and give my children their iPads and have them sit really close to me so that I can feel them move if they get up. That was before I had the baby, but that that was my trick. Yes, now we have a new member of the... Of the fam bam. Yeah. Little Little Jeep baby. baby. Mm -hmm. So how old are your children? Lincoln is six and my twins Layton and Deacon are four. And then my newest baby is 10 weeks old. Oh my gosh. And when's the next one coming? Never, ever. Just kidding. I wanted to get that on record. Never. Never say never. Never. I'm saying never, Chelsea. (laughs) Never is coming out. We're gonna pull this back up nine months from now, just in case. Oh my god, you bite your tongue! (laughs) All right, so I guess we can start jumping in a little bit now. Yeah. Favorite color? Blue. Favorite snack? Anything. Chocolate or salty? Favorite pizza topping? Bacon. Ever all bacon all the way. I just had bacon pizza for dinner. Did you save me some? Sure. Okay. And it's got American cheese on it from Nurchies. You bad. I know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's so good. Mm, favorite movie? Ooh, that's so hard. Chelsea, you should it's know. It's a rapid fire. One, one oh movie. Ready? Go. Mm, three, two, one, go. Private Ryan. Ooh. Oh, okay. That's one of the movies I could always watch. For a second, can we talk about Selena? Because <gasps> I thought that's what you were going to actually say. We need to address the elephant in the room. What about it? Selena. What's the elephant? Why it's are the greatest there? movie. Oh, well, obviously. That and is there's a series coming out. Yes. Which I don't know how I feel about it, but I'm going to watch it because it's Selena. Hello. We're not sure if it's a docu-series or a fictional series. I don't know. I don't know. Do you want to talk about the fact that every time we watch that movie, I make my husband pause it at the part where they're at the river walk and I say, I stood on that bridge. Yep. <laughs> yep. So kind of the point where it starts to get to that point, and he pauses it. He goes, "Uh huh." You stood on the bridge, Selena. Go. Amanda lives in New York, where I'm originally from, and I live in San Antonio. And so, for those of you who don't know, the movie Selena was shot at the Riverwalk, and we reenacted it when she came to visit. It was the most glorious day right. of my. He life. didn't go to Corpus, which is an odd no. choice for you coming all the way down here, but. We'll save that for another time. Yeah, but I was literally there for like 48 hours. It's true. It was a quick little trip. It was not even enough. Okay, one more rapid fire question each. Actually, can we back up a little bit? 
Can we talk about the time your son <laughs> opened the KIT box? The KIT box. <laughs> yeah. So I took Link, I brought Lincoln with me to Texas. And um, he didn't know where we were because he was what four, right? Yeah. He, yeah. Was he on that? Four? Or maybe four turning five? Yeah, because it was right before he started pre K. Anyway, so four turning five. No, he was three turning four. Mm-hmm. He was little. Okay. My three-year-old son flew with me. We, I didn't tell him where we were going. So we just get on the plane. We fly from Binghamton to Detroit. We fly from Detroit to San Antonio. We get to San Antonio. I have his car seat. I have my bag, my carry-on bag, and his backpack. And I don't even know, my phone. I'm trying to text Kate as I'm walking like through the San Antonio airport. And I set my bags down and I say, Lincoln, just stand right here. I got to figure out where we're going. And the next thing I know, I'm surrounded by like, whoop, 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 whoop. And I'm like, what the fuck? I look over and Lincoln's like, oh, I didn't mean to, mom. And there was this girl behind me and I will never forget. She looked at me and she goes, oh, no, he did not. And I was like, well, obviously he fucking did, lady. Like, <laughs> so scooped up all of my stuff, scooped up my kid. I'm going through the airport trying to get my phone on to record so that when he sees his aunt, he's like, I have it on video. Right. Meanwhile, he's going, I'm really sorry, mama. I'm really sorry, mama. And I'm like, we could just stop. Just please stop talking because you're ruining my video. And we all know it's for the gram. Like, come on. Right. I'm doing right. it for the gram. And fun fact, that video actually does say in the beginning, I'm sorry, mom. I didn't mean to touch the KIT box. And you're like, yeah, like it, I know. Move on. It was an AED box, like the... Right the defibrillator box, but he kept going, Oh, don't open the KIT box. <laughs> and then the whole rest of the weekend, he proceeded to remind us not to open. Don't the ever touch box. the KIT box. <laughs> I think even to this day, he says it occasionally. Mm-hmm. Yep. He does. Not open yeah. the KIT box. Yep. Okay. One more rapid fire each. Okay. Ready? Or are we beyond that? No. Favorite animal? Dog. Favorite hobby? Reading. Ah, reading. Okay. Ah, okay. Now, does everybody feel like they know Amanda Barrett? You Perfect. should. That's about it. Yep. That's, that's great. Thanks for coming to the podcast. See yeah. <laughs> we'll see you next week. All right. So well, I have some questions about life as a mother because I'm not one to human children. Mm-hmm. So I have some questions. Yes. You have questions? Yes, I do. Yeah. So my first question is, which one do I want to pick first? That one. Okay. What is your life like now compared to, how does it compare to when people asked you where do you see yourself in five years when you were graduating school? Like graduating nursing school or graduating? Yeah, high let's school? go with nursing school because you're kind of old. So five years wasn't, you know. Well, oh my God, heifer, <laughs> that's so rude. <laughs> um, so when I graduated nursing school, I was three months away from marrying my husband. Craigles, what up? Oh, yeah, Craig. Um, I thought that we would have at least two children by the time like that five years had elapsed. I struggled and struggled and struggled and finally had one kid. So yeah, that's, I mean, everything happens for a reason or that's what 
all the cliche pillows say. What was that like struggling with infertility? Um, that was pretty tough. You know, you like have it in your head, like, Oh, cool. I'm going to like do what I want to do. And then when I'm ready to get pregnant, I'll just get pregnant. And I remember like we were on our honeymoon and we had made the decision, you know, Oh mom, please stop listening at this point. <laughs> like we're, you know, I went off birth control like two months before our wedding and we were going to just start like actively not preventing pregnancy then. And I remember the first month after we got married that I got my period and I was like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, sometimes maybe it's the birth control coming out and then it just kept not happening and not happening and not happening. And, you know, I went to my OB and he was like, technically, if you're under 30, you know, we say you have to try for a year before we start intervening. So we tried for a whole year, nothing happened. I went back. Um, we tried like, they tell you like timed intercourse and ugh, like, it's so gross and impersonal and it takes all the fun out of it. And you're just like, this sucks. I'm a newlywed and I don't want to be doing this. Um, so then, yeah, we, like I had to have a surgery and we did some fertility treatments, some smaller fertility treatments. Um, and then we ended up having to use IVF and even to get pregnant the first time it took three cycles before I could get pregnant. And you've so. had to do that for your subsequent yeah, with the twins, um, the twins was one transfer. And then this last time around, uh, Gideon was our second transfer. So we did it once in October and it failed. And then we did it right before Thanksgiving and it worked. Hmm. Yeah. What advice would you have to somebody who's listening, who's going for, through infertility? Going through the actual treatments? Um, no, struggling to get pregnant or both struggling to get pregnant. Don't listen to anyone because when they sit there and say, Oh, just relax. Like that's the dumbest thing anyone can ever say. Yeah. Be your own advocate because no one else really cares. Like the doctor, you're just a a patient to them. You're not, I shouldn't say that, but you are in reality, it's a business. So you have to be your own advocate and make sure that you're getting the care that you need. Um, you know, don't let it come between you and your partner. That happens a lot in infertility because it is a really it like messes with your mind not only are you physically going through like so many hormone changes that you you're on like a hormone like bipolar coaster every day you're feeling something different and one day you're feeling great the next day you're like why am I even doing this this is so stupid that I'm putting my body through this um and don't be afraid to like take that time and shut down and not feel like you have to tell everyone, everything. I think that was something that really, when we were trying to get pregnant with Lincoln, we told our families and, you know, everyone was supportive. But at the same time, when our first cycle failed, I felt like I failed everybody else because everybody else was sad for us. And in retrospect, like they were just trying to be supportive and helpful. We're so sad for you. But it just felt like I had not only failed myself and my husband, but I had failed my whole entire family. And that really hurt and that really sucked. So when we were, when we decided to do another transfer um, to get pregnant, when we had the twins, we didn't tell anybody. And, you know, it was hard going through the treatment alone, but it was really, really awesome to get to have like a normal, hey, guess what? I'm pregnant. Like, you know, 
I have video on my phone of us telling my parents and telling my mom and I cry every time I watch it back just because like seeing the shock and the excitement on my parents' face and then like the shock when we told them that there was two, my dad's face is to watch it back. He's holding a bottle of soda and he's like mid pour. And he just has this like huge, his mouth is like a comical, like (laughs) and you know, my mom was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. And then she starts crying. So I, I cry every time I watch it. But it it was really cool to have, to be able to have that, you know, like normal pregnancy moment. And then with Gideon, we did the same thing. We didn't tell anybody that we were doing it. And so does that like, is it really hard for you personally? Like you're going through these because I think you had said that it was like really painful and it's like a really hard time. Yeah. Is it really hard for you to like, how did you manage to get through that by yourself with you and Craig? For the the other two, like the um, twins? either of them, the twins and Gideon. Um, we just, I mean, I told my best friend Sarah; she knew. And there are a lot of Facebook groups for infertility, like people that are my my clinic personally has a CNY Mamas group. So that's like those people are either going through cycles or have babies from CNY. So there's a lot of good resources online and you get really close with these people that are going through the same treatments as you. I have a question though, because sometimes like I notice that specifically females in a group of females, like they can either be super supportive Mm -hmm. and empowering or super like gang up and tear someone down. So the judgment that you felt from like Lincoln's pregnancy or whatever, not judgment, but like, the feeling of being a failure. Did you ever have any of that in the support groups or was it all with just 100% pure? No, it's very, they're, it's very much like, it's very comforting because you know that they've been there. It's not like my mom, I could tell her like, mom, my cycle didn't work. I'm really sad. And she, you know, I'm here for you. What can I do for you? I love you. I'm so sorry. But she's also someone who had three children never had to go through it. So she can be sympathetic, but she's not empathetic at all to that. um, So to have people who are like, Oh my God, I've been there. Like, I know the Lovenox shots suck. Like I know all this stuff sucks. I know what it feels like to not to feel like you might be pregnant and then to get the call saying that you're not. Like I've been there. I know how hard it is. I, it sucks. I'm sorry. Okay. So it's a lot different to have people. And then like my best friend, you know, got married after I did and her and her husband ended up having to use IVF to get pregnant. And it broke my heart into a million pieces when she would call me and be like, I don't know why I'm doing this. I can't do this. It like, it sucked. And then when she didn't get pregnant the first time, with her transfers, like it really, it just makes you so sad because you know, I know what it felt like. And it made me feel awful that she went through it too. I think you explained it well with saying there's a difference between sympathy and empathy. And sometimes like in those harder scenarios, it is not about sympathy. Like you're not going to feel connected to anybody who's been there, who, I mean, anybody, but who's somebody who's been there. Right. For sure. 
a good way to put it. And I think on the flip side, for someone who has not been through it, but they love you so much that they want to do, they, they want yeah. to do something to help you. But for at sure. that moment, you have to accept that there's nothing you can do other than sometimes just sit right next to them and not say anything. Right. Yeah. That's really hard for me being one of those people who, when you went that through that with Lincoln, because I'm an acts of service person, like on the yeah. five, five love languages yeah. scale, 100% I'm an acts of service person. So my way of showing you that I'm here for you is to do something for you. Yep. I, I don't know. Do you remember what you did? Um, no, the whole goodie basket full of like bath stuff. And I'm pretty sure there was some wine in there. Yeah. Chocolate and like just. The biggest thing I remember about that time period with Lincoln was you having to get your, the shots in your butt. Yeah. You know, we helped you with it. Mom or me or Patty, I think did. Yeah. And you were just leaning on the counter in my parents' um, living room, like between the living room and the kitchen. And, you know, you like pulled your waistband down to put the shot in and it was just black and bruises all get out. And you just started crying before it even got there. And it just broke my heart. Like, oh my God, we have to stick a needle in this deep, dark bruise repeatedly for, you know, yeah. I think I still have a little PTSD from that too. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I put oh, well, that's that. okay. I appreciate your support and your, your sympathy. <laughs> it's hard. And no yeah. one tells you like, you're like, oh, I yeah, can't be that bad. No, it is that bad. It's needles multiple times a day. It's, you know, I love my husband. I trust my husband with my life, but my husband coming near me with an 18 gauge needle to shove in my muscle, I was like, oh, sweet Jesus, just take me home now because he is not a gentle human being. It was sheer torture, but we made it through. And now I have four amazing beautiful kids that like, I still sometimes I'm like, I cannot believe that I did that. Right. You know, So, what would you recommend? Like, how do you keep your mindset healthy when you're going through multiple I mean, you're talking, you dealt with infertility for years. Nine years. Because repetitive. More than that. Right. Just, you know, you try and multiple times for multiple kids. So after Lincoln, I never went back on birth control. And I was like, if it happens, it happens. Because sometimes they say all your body needs is to get pregnant once. And then it can just happen on its own. And it didn't. It never did. And then after the twins were born you know, I never went back on birth control because part of me thinks that going on birth control at such a young age might've played a factor in it. Right. Um, and they say that like, you know, I don't know, I don't know how much validity there is to the statement, but like all the hormone that was in meat when we were growing up and you know, you, you never know what could have caused it, but regardless. So I've never gone back on birth control. And like, part of it is just accepting, like, I know it's never going to happen on its own. Logically, medically, like if you're getting into higher power stuff, do miracles happen? Sure. Every day. But like from a scientific, logical nursing standpoint, I know that it physically is not going to happen for me to get pregnant on my own. So getting rid of that, like 
I don't want to say getting rid of that hope, but not having that like hopeful expectation every month helped. Right. Because then you're not getting disappointed. Like I know I'm not pregnant. Even if my period was two days late, I'd be like fluke, you know, like I'm stressed or fluke. Don't feel good today. It's just not, it never will happen on its own. So you're just like, okay, well pick that up, put it in its box. We dealt with it. We're good. We're moving on. My husband is very good about carp, car, compartmentalizing. So he was a lot of that. Like there, there is nothing that we can do about it on our own. So let's get our help and let's make it happen. Right. So. So how did he support you through all of these times? Was he like, we were talking about empathy and sympathy. Did you feel like it was empathetic because he was kind of going through it? Um, kind of, kind of. And he's not like, he's a very stoic person. He comes from a very stoic line of people. So he's not one that like when I was crying, obviously he would like rub my back or whatever, but he wasn't crying with me, you know, like he never cried when we went through any of the treatments when I found out I was pregnant, none of it. The very first time he cried was when Lincoln came out. And then it was like, whoosh. Right. So, but yeah, he, I mean, he would be like, what do you need? What can I do for you? Just little stuff. He is an acts of service person as well. Like, what can I do to show you? Yeah. You know, so he would like heat up the rice bag to make sure it was hot for when I was done with my shots. Cause you, the shots are in oil that go in your muscle. So the heat helps disperse the oil better. So he would make sure my shots were heated up. He would, um, you know, bring home candy bars because I am an emotional eater and sugar is my controlled substance of choice. <laughs> so he would, you know, bring a little something home just to make me feel better or get me a giant bowl of ice cream. He called in sick every single time we had a transfer fail so that I didn't have to be alone. So. That's awesome. What is your love language? I don't know. I waffle between like words of affirmation. I'm a very big, like, tell me how much you mean to me. Yeah. You know, tell me how great I am. That's yeah. what I want to hear. Mm-hmm. That a little bit of access service maybe. And like, I'm a very big snuggle. Like I want to snuggle you, which is weird. Cause I don't like hugging people. I was going to say you were definitely not touched with family like I'm not family. I don't want you to hug me when I'm upset please oh, yeah. that me. is like a no <laughs> do not it kills my mom like my mom hates that about me they're like I just want to hug you and I'm like don't fucking touch me yeah <laughs> Mandy's all stiff arming everybody like <laughs> six feet yeah, I'm six sure you're feet. loving social she's distancing. been practicing social distancing since 1986 <laughs> <laughs> I am 100% on board with the six feet rule. Do not touch me. <laughs> Interesting. All right. All right. So I have a question. Yes. What was your biggest dream and what is your biggest dream now? Like what was it when you were graduating nursing school? And then what is it now? I wanted to be a nurse anesthetist. Ooh. Okay. But you need to know a lot of chemistry and I hashtag failed in high school and that was a very lofty goal and I don't think I could ever attain it just simply because I hate chemistry and I don't want to do it and I don't like math okay so it's not gonna happen um 
now my dream is to live in a house with a fenced in backyard so my kids can run and I don't have to be outside with them and to raise human beings that are going to leave this world a better place for the generation behind them. It's a tough thing. Well, I appreciate <laughs> your <Yeah>. service to <laughs> our to humanity. Oh my gosh. Because we definitely need that now. I know. So Great. you're re- relatively I'm not going to say new, but like in terms of personal growth and like learning all of that stuff fairly yeah. new to the game. Yes. Which she did our homework. Yeah, guys. So, so she's yay. showing all of you up if you are listening to this and haven't done your homework. Um, do you want to just say your person's name? We don't have to get into it, but. Her name is Carolyn. Carolyn. Yeah, that's a really bitchy name. <laughs> she's a super bitch. Yeah, perfect. So, um, but being new to that, like, I know when I first started doing, like, just I started with reading more so. I was like, eh, I don't think this shit's for me. Like, y'all are too frilly or talky or, yeah. you know, sing kumbaya kind of kind of deal, you know. And But then when I – it wasn't until I started implementing that I really started, you know, kind of seeing that kind of thing. So what would you say that you're, like, in that wishy-washy phase or you're kind of like – Um, I don't know. I see a therapist Ooh. once a week. Yeah. And I have seen a therapist once a week for the last four years in some capacity. Yep. Um, I love my therapist. I, it is the greatest gift that I give myself is that one hour a week because it makes me a better wife. It makes me a better mother. It makes me a better human being when I can go to someone and sit down and get all of my shit out. Yep. Because I am the caregiver of my family. So I am taking care of everyone else's needs and everyone else's needs come before mine. So sometimes at the end of the day, I go to bed and I'm like, okay, what did I eat today? Like, did I drink enough water today? Do, did I tell my kids I loved them enough today? And all of that. And it like, sometimes you lay in bed and it's just this raging anxiety over was I enough for everyone today and most days you're not because you can't you can't be that for everyone every day so some days one kid might get 75 percent and the other three have to fight over the 25 percent you know and then there's nothing left for my husband some days I feel like I've done a pretty good job of dispersing it evenly and some days I'm like I did not give anyone anything of value today I kept them alive that was my bare minimum, and I met my bare minimum. Well, and sometimes that has to be enough. Yep. Yeah. Because you're not going to be perfect every single day. Mm-hmm. But what what kind of things, like, do you do, like, nowadays with four kids, one newborn, one of them being a newborn, and, you know, this virtual school business and all these other COVID-related things, like, what kind of things did, do you do in the day to kind of pour into yourself, even just for a second? Like anything you sneak in there? During the day, no. There's no. It's all, it, everything for myself happens after the kids go to bed. Okay. Night. And what does that look like? Um, taking a shower. Yeah. Eating something. 
when I shower, I listen to an audio book because I don't have time to read an actual book. Right. So I listen to, and it's usually something lighthearted. Like I love Jen Lancaster mm-hmm. because she's yes. fat and foul mouthed and sarcastic, just like me. So listening to her, it's like listening to a friend talk. Right. Um, Obviously, on Sundays, I listen to Family Breakfast. Yeah. Ah. That's my new favorite podcast. To mm-hmm. to. Um, but yeah, usually it's just that, you know, like a shower. It's like the basic necessities. I listen to something while I'm washing my dishes and washing my bottles and packing my son's lunch. Like I have a whole routine that I go through and I make sure that they're all asleep. And then I put my earphones in and I, I go. And is that the most sacred time of your day? Uh, bedtime? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But also, I get a lot of Snapchats, and it seems like seeing them, like, dancing or mm-hmm. laughing, like, those bring, like, that brings you gratitude throughout the day to help you. Yes. Remind sure. you why you're doing what you're doing. Oh, of. yeah. There's the little moments where, like, <clears throat> you know, my newborn is really into social smiling right now. So <laughs> when you're changing your 87th poop diaper of the day and you look down at him and he gives you like this big fat gummy smile, you're just like, all right, we'll be kosher. You know, my, my four-year-old son um, has some developmental delays and to hear him you know, we'll have talked about something in the morning and to have him repeat it to me at night. Like those little moments just slip you. They yeah. feed you until you can feed yourself, I guess is the best way to describe hey. it. Yeah. That sounds like a t-shirt. What? Let little moments feed you until you can feed yourself. Yeah. There That's the mom life slogan. There you go. I like that. <laughs> I like that. All right. Okay. So she's helping us with humanity. Thank you very yes, much yes. for taking action. Welcome. We appreciate your service to this country. I do what I can. <laughs> so what's the best book that you've heard recently? Like that you've listened to? Mm, gosh. Um, I just listened to The Tao of Martha, which is also by Jen Lancaster. And it's about her spending an entire year living like Martha Stewart. So like she did all of her cooking from scratch. She did all her gardening, blah, blah, blah. Um, But like I said, she's just, I love listening to her. I love her books. Just, I don't know. I want to be her friend. I want to go to her house and like drink by the pool and listen to her. Jen Lancaster, if you're listening to this podcast, go ahead and hit us up so we can set up that daytime date to me all right so at the end of the day when all of this is you know the kids are in bed and you're doing your own things and craig's at work say still so you have this period of time that you're just by yourself Mm -hmm. who are you during that time like who is amanda barrett in that hour or two when you're by yourself well i'm still like the maid and like, I don't know. I'm still the mom. That's the worst part. The other night, though, I got really mad because I was tired of doing what I was doing. It was folding laundry. Right. Just full disclosure, I hate laundry. It is the bane of my existence. 
So I left my laundry on my dining room table and I went in my living room and I cranked up my music. I turned on music and I listened to a really, really terrible song and danced. I was like, all right, I need to not do this for five minutes. Yeah. So. so what's one thing that you can do to make sure that you give yourself enough time? Like there's like one thing if like at the end of the day, you're like, okay, let me just do this one thing. And this is just solely for me. Like your therapist is oh, like your one taking a shower. Taking a shower. Yeah. I cannot go to bed dirty. I hate it. Um, in that shower though how much are you thinking about the things that you have to do a hundred percent of the time so i want to challenge you then to just take your shower time to to wash all of that away and then you can pick it right back up when you come out but those 10 minutes to not right because if if you don't i would feel like like i have the same thing about work and I know work is not like being a mother, but that's the closest thing I've got. So I'm going to go with it. So like if I don't let myself decompress somewhere in the day, I spiral out of control of like, well, but I knew this was a failure and I might as well just go <laughs> home and, you know, lay in the dog kennel. I'm just going to live in the basement at mom and dad's house. Right. So if I don't take the, that time, I literally feel myself spiral right it really wasn't until the beginning of this year like i've mentioned in the other podcast that i really try to figure out like where that comes from and now that i know that i can take a hold of it before that happens so i have the bookends like what um in the compound effect what darren hardy talked about i think we've talked about this on a podcast but like the the bookends are your like your morning what you do in the morning what you do at night right the beginning and end of your day because Darren Hardy says that no matter what happens in the middle of your day, you can always control how you start and how you end. Right. It makes no difference if everything that you planned fell completely apart and everything just goes to hell. Yeah. Still end your day and calm yourself down, get your anxiety down, get yourself ready for bed to be able to rest, to wake up, to start again and try to set yourself up for the next day. And if the next day falls apart, it does not matter. You go through your night routine, you calm yourself down, you get your anxiety under control, and then you go to right. sleep and try again. So I've, I try to focus on my bookends as much as possible. I haven't been great as of recently. I have these like, what did you call it earlier? Um, bipolar coaster. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I try to get myself back to doing that because I noticed that when I focus like my, on my night bookend, it's like going through and somebody's shutting the lights off in my brain, like bing, 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 one at a time. Yeah. And then when I lay down, I'm not like, how am I going to figure this out for tomorrow? What am I going to do to be better than yesterday? What am I going to blah, blah, blah. I just lay down. And because I've been working on shutting my lights off for an hour, an hour and a half, I just knock out quick. So um, why am I saying this? Her challenge. Right. To just shower. Enjoy the shower enjoy my shower yeah I will definitely try yep it's gonna be hard to shut your brain off and let's be honest there's always gonna be laundry yeah literally for sure just only me and Katie my roommate 
And we have loads of laundry all the time. All the time. I don't even, my poor husband, he does, he does the laundry. Like he'll, he takes it all the way downstairs. He washes it. He dries it. He brings it upstairs. And then I'm just in charge of folding it and putting it away. And every time he brings me a load of laundry. What? Folding is the worst. Folding and putting, I can fold. But putting away, I'll put away all the kids' laundry. I'll put away Craig's laundry. And when it comes to mine, I'm like, fuck this laundry. <laughs> so currently, I have like six loads of my clothing. And, you know, you just start going through the baskets. And you're like, I'm going to wear this today. I'm going to wear this. Right. So I haven't put laundry away since Gideon was born. So that was 10 weeks ago. <laughs> it's totally acceptable, though. Hey, it's quarantine. <laughs> Blame it on the pandemic. Yeah. Right. You're only wearing like the same three things anyway. I don't, we, I was just telling mom this this morning. Mom and I took Layton and went to Target and Gideon. And I was like, mom, I haven't left my house since last weekend. Like my car has literally sat in my driveway since last weekend. Cause the twins aren't in school right now. And I'm not like going anywhere. I'm still on maternity leave from work. Does that mess with your head? Yes, because there's only so much you can do with kids. Like, what do you guys want to do? Let's drive to Starbucks and get cake pops and I'll get a coffee. But getting four kids in the car to go to Starbucks is like, nope. Mm -mm. Planning for a vacation. (laughs) You do the same amount of work. (laughs) I know, it's awful. I'm like, no, thank you. My mom and dad asked me to come to dinner last night at their house. I think they were taking pity on me because every time my mom FaceTime me this week, I'm pretty sure she could see like the steam coming out of my head because I'm just like, I'm done with this day. So getting them in the car last night, I was like, get in the car. We're going to Gigi and Papa's house. And my kids love my parents like more than life itself. And they just wouldn't get in the freaking car. (laughs) (laughs) And my parents live three houses away. And I was just like, get in the freaking car so we can go to Gigi and Papa's house and have dinner. Oh my gosh. Then we get home. Mom sent me home with a bag full of chocolate chip cookies. And Leighton and Lincoln fought and fought and fought to get in the house. Now, this is like a three-minute thing to get in the house. And by the time I got to the door, Leighton and Lincoln were all the way inside. I had Deacon and the baby. And I hear Lincoln screaming. And I hear Leighton screaming. And I go up the stairs and she had bit Lincoln so hard that she broke the skin and left a bruise. And so I put all of them in their pajamas. I put them all in their beds and I came out and I ate all of their chocolate chip cookies. (laughs) Were they good? They were amazing. Of course. I saved, I saved five cookies. So each of my children got one and my husband got one. So I didn't get yelled at because I knew I would get yelled at (laughs) if I ate actually all of them. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, Mm -hmm. I guess that's the benefit of being a parent. Right. You have the final say. Yeah. Yeah. What is, what is something that your therapist has taught you in the last four years that you wish everybody knew? It's okay to say no. It's okay to not be nice all the time. Ooh. That is something that I have struggled with for a very long time is always feeling like I have to be super kind to people and give people the benefit of the doubt multiple times. And now I am a big proponent of like, 
if someone shows you who they are, believe it the first time you see it. I like that. That is huge. Mm -hmm. And like, I grew up and we were always told like, you just need to be nice, be nice, be nice. And in this day and age, it's like, no, I don't have to sacrifice my mental health for someone else. I, I don't need to make myself fit into somebody else's box. Yep. So. I really like that. How are you making up? I'm making out fine. Okay, but hurry, because I'm waiting for bed. I'm really going to get tired. Oh, okay. In the morning. I'm going to have to sleep in the morning. Okay. So hurry. Okay. Hey, who's, who's that in, in the video? Nobody. I'm talking to myself. Talking to yourself? Yep. How could you do that? Okay, I love you. Love you. Be out in a few minutes. Oh my God, they find you everywhere. <laughs> I hope that picked up. <laughs> I'm going to need you to hurry because I'm really going to get tired. I'm going to have to sleep in the morning. We all know that he's full of shit too. Like <laughs> He's going to be in my bed in two and a half hours anyway. Right, when you walk out there, you're going to be like, okay, Lincoln, go in and go to bed. And he's going to be like, I'm not tired. I'm actually not tired at all. What are you guys going to do when I go to bed? <laughs> yeah. That was the greatest. Oh, that my gosh. Kids. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's okay to say no. That's, that's a big thing. That's a huge thing. I and struggle with that, too, though. Yeah. It's like, hard. You're teaching me something. Like, I'm going to church right now because – Saying no is really, really hard because you feel like that obligation. Like yes. you're obligated to say yes because like, especially if someone does something for you, you feel yeah. obligated to do something back. Right, in right. My friend, uh, my friend, Christina, mm -hmm. she is going to be on the podcast hopefully soon. She's actually going to start her own podcast, but she is the greatest person at setting boundaries I have ever met. Like, really? And it blows my mind to watch her interact with other people. I'm like, how did you do that? Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and she's just like, you have, she will say um, that you have to train people. Like they don't have to like it. And mm -hmm. over a period of time, they'll just learn to back off and whatever. Right. And to watch it in person is insanity and I'm like you yeah. have to give me lessons or something because yes. you know that is another thing that um Rebecca has told me stop expecting you from other people Ooh, like just because you huh. so like yeah just because you would do it this way or you would I would never say no to coming to help my sister move but Chelsea might say oh no I can't do that and you sit there and go, oh, I would never do, you can't expect you out of other people. Say that again for the people in the back. You cannot expect you from other people. I really like that. It's like worthy of like writing it down. Yeah. Yeah. I think you just blew my mind. Yeah. That when she said that, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is insane. True. When you stop expecting other people to react and respond the way that you would, yep. it doesn't like affect you as badly. And then you don't like, I tend to overanalyze and spiral and go down like a deep, dark hole. And now I'm just like, okay, whatever. Yep. 
Yeah. The end of the day, if I can lay my head on my pillow and feel good about myself, it's fine. I'm fine with it. Yep. We're going to make a whole podcast about this in the next couple of weeks, but I recently stopped saying you should be proud of me because I never realized what I was actually saying. But if you think about it, if you called up somebody and like, Hey, Lon, you should be proud of me. I just blah, 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 blah. My sentiment about how I feel about what I just accomplished is completely hanging on how you respond. Right. You say something like, cool. I'm going to, I'm going to feel useless. Right. So I never realized that until like two weeks ago or three weeks ago, I was, I was actually calling Chelsea because I had just, I think met with a client and, you know, they scheduled for the next one, which is right now a big thing for me. And so I called Chelsea and you know how you kind of like played in your head, like you get excited and whatever. And so the phone's ringing and then I started to say you, and I was like, wait a second. So I said, I'm so proud of myself because I just blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And she was even surprised. Like, what did you just say? Yeah. Because I've never said that before. But then I had this whole epiphany of this concept of should was brought to right. my mind by Beth. But saying you should be proud of me. Like, how often do we say that? But right. then how I feel is completely dependent on how you respond. And your reaction, yeah. Yeah. You don't get to have that control over me. Like, right. I want to share this with you because I'm proud of myself and I want you to share in this with me. But if you're not proud of me, that can't change how I feel about what I just did. So that has been life changing just in the past, like two weeks. I I will never say that again. That's so I also think that it's part of you is owning your own space. Like you don't need someone to stand tall for you. You're standing for yourself. That's true. Like you are tooting your own horn because how many times do we get called bitches if we are tooting our own horn? Like, yeah. oh, look at her. She's like flaunting or she's being selfish right. just because you're celebrating yourself. But right. honestly, if it was a dude, they'd be like, he's the man. Yeah. And so it definitely, there's a, there's a, a definite difference there. So do you think you do that, Chelsea? Um, what do you mean? Which part? You ex- you re- expect you from other people? 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's my 100%. 100%. I don't think that anybody doesn't expect, like, I don't know, even on the tiniest of terms. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it so could be something so minuscule and you're like, what? Yeah. One thing I've noticed is through text, I'm really bad at creating different stories in my head mm-hmm. from what someone else texts me like yeah. I'm like oh they're mad at me and I'm like but they just said okay right like, <laughs> you know what my word is my like triggering word is sure mm. it, I struggle in asking for help with anything and if someone texts me back sure I'm like wait do you really want to or are you just feeling obligated to right come help me with the kids or pick something up for me on the way home you know, anything, anytime I text someone and they respond back with sure, I'm like, oh my God, they don't really want to, but they're doing it because they feel obligated. Yeah. And it could just be sure. Yeah. You, you don't like, know. There's no. <laughs> yeah. And that's what actually my therapist said. She was like, you're putting your own tone to it. 
Yes. Especially if you get into a fight with someone and you tell them, well, it was your tone. You're the actually interpret. It's how you interpret it. Not so, how they intend it. Yeah. That is my biggest, like not to get into anything, but that is me and my husband's biggest, like bicker with each other is like, it's not what you said. It's how you said it to me. Uh-huh. And he's always like, I didn't say it differently. I'm like, well, you did. You had a, you know, like a little uptick on your staffs there, my friend. So just out of curiosity, have you told your husband about saying sure? Like, have you relayed that trigger to him? Um, he's not really a big sure person. Okay. He's more of like, okay. And then I'm like, okay, what do you mean? Okay. (laughs) Or especially if they say just K, like the letter K and I'm like, is it too much to say? Okay. (laughs) You're that frustrated that you're not even going to give me the O you're just giving me the K. Right. You know what mine is, is punctuation. (gasps) Yes. Like proper punctuation. Like, why did you put a period? Are you upset? Like what? Are you mad at me? Why? Where's the exclamation point? Give me an exclamation point, lady. We actually have a friend who does correct, ex- like, all the correct, time. like, grammar, everything. Yeah. Like, correct grammar. Yep. Is that even a thing? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like, to the T. And I'm like, is she upset? Yeah. Is this something <laughs> bad? Which is so sad. I'm just going to throw this out there that this day and age, correct punctuation and grammar is considered, like, offensive. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to start. I'm going to start now. Just my texts are going to be like perfect. Huh. And I'm never going to say texted again. Texted like as a verb. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do texted a lot too. Or Google. Google is now a verb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To Google. I Google. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Consult the Google. All right. So last question or coming to the end. I don't know what time we're on. Nope. Can't see it. But, um, what besides being a mother besides Mm -hmm. being a wife besides being nope just those two is fine um what is something that you're trying to pursue right now it doesn't have to be like a big professional goal or whatever it can be anything but something that you're working on outside of mothership and wifeship I mean, you just made them words. Right. I don't really have anything that doesn't like actively pertain to my family. Cause like I'm trying to be more organized. Well, that's more for my family than anything. But does that help with your anxiety? Not right now. Cause everything's a fucking disaster. <laughs> <laughs> but when, when you are in the beginning stages, I'm thinking about becoming organized. Let's be real. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Are you holding stuff up and like, does this bring you joy? <laughs> Can you do that with your children? No, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> of course they bring me joy. Right. Most of the time. Actually, what was the lady that I discovered um, on the TED Talk about never, organization? You never told me her name. Oh, my gosh. I will have to get back to you on it. But she says there's different types of organization. Everyone I think was- told me about that. I might actually shared it with you, you which did, then you, you showed it. No, you sent it to my mom. Yeah. So she actually believes in different. Huh? Wasn't it a podcast? I, it was a TED Talk. I know. I watched the TED Talk. Yes. In, in a podcast. She's like a professional organizer, right? Yes. And she was organizing her, one of her clients who was a lawyer. 
and, yes. and she, piles everywhere. Yes, like she would organize yeah. it. Okay, so let me go back. So she would, she had this client who was a lawyer and she was like, okay, went in, organized it for her. And she was like, okay, I have like a stamp of like approval, like guaranteed, like if your area gets dirty again or gets unorganized again, then I will come back and we'll reorganize it and do it again. Well, she had this one client that kept getting unorganized, unorganized, unorganized. Well, then finally she realized that she is a visual organizer, yeah, which yeah. is different than any others. And I'm actually a visual organizer. So if you actually don't see it, then you will never organize. So a lot of people want to put like drawer organizers and all that, but that actually does not work for me because I cannot see it. And so she talks about like how you can organize for you and for your kids. Like maybe your kids are different organizers than you. So then kind of finding a compromise for the whole family, but you should check her out. I don't know, or should see. Yes, yeah, you, you should are. check her out. Like yeah. I'm, I'm putting my beliefs on you. Holy moly! No, I actually already did check her out. Yes, she's really cool. <laughs> so, what type of organizer are you? Not. Right. I am a visual organizer. If I showed you my kitchen right now and you looked at it, you would be like, "What a freaking slab kebab!" But I could tell you exactly where Lincoln's headphones for his school iPad are in that area there you go yeah or like Layton's nail polish <laughs> but this nail polish but I, I my mom I my mom is the one who made me listen to that TED talk and she was like now I feel bad for all those years that I like tried to force you to organize the way that I did because maybe you don't your brain doesn't see things that way but that's like you're organized. Like even that, like yeah. no one should judge you the how your house yeah, is organized. Right. So organizing is your pursuit. Currently, yes. We'll see how it goes. Well, we'll have to bring her back on the podcast. Yeah. Organization and sleep training in preparation for me going back to work. Which comes when? December seventeenth is my first night back. Oh boy. I know. It's going so fast. That's crazy. Yeah. But I bet you're going to enjoy being back at work. Oh. No. <laughs> oh, I will. I miss my I miss my residence and I miss feeling like I'm doing something other than being a mom 24/7. So, for sure. Well, this was monumental. The very first guest on the family I'm podcast. so honored thank you so much for having me this was so this was seriously like my dream I'm so excited she's actually trying to interview for a what did you call it recurring guest host position recurring guest host position yes yeah. have me on so shoot us some dms about how you feel like Amanda Barrett did and that will my audition yeah <laughs> consideration in the hiring process very true well if you have any questions about in any infertility questions definitely dm oh, yeah. us at family breakfast podcast and we will be happy to connect you with amanda all right everybody all right. come back next week for the podcast where we talk about time versus money why do you give leaks all I the time well now that she said it, it's either you're spending time or you're spending money. So join us next week to see how and what you can do about that.
if we can figure it out before then. Or you can be along with the journey, like in the journey <laughs> with us. Perfect. <laughs> Sounds good. See you next week. Thanks, Mandy. Bye. Bye. Bye.